Hello everyone, a big welcome to Carboholic, the ultimate logistics podcast. On Carboholic, we discuss the journeys of leaders in logistics and the disruptions which the industry is seeing today and will witness tomorrow. Very good morning, Captain Diwari, and a big thank you to join Carboholic today. Uh, Captain Tiwari is uh, the guest on Cargoholic today and uh, he has been the CEO of MSE, the world's second biggest shipping line since over 16 years, has also been the chairman of CSLA and uh, is consulted by the government of India on various topics for his guidance on how the policies related to port, infrastructure and shipping need to be transformed. A big thank you for joining us. Yeah, very good morning and thank you very much for this opportunity and uh, well, I'm, I'm very pleased to be on this uh, podcast this morning. Thank you. Sure, our pleasure. So, we have some questions related to the present and the future of shipping which we would love your thoughts on. Uh, to begin with, there has been massive consolidation uh, and some analysts predict further consolidation in the shipping industry. Now, on one side, it of course was uh, debatable whether it was called for or not. But uh, with analysts predicting that there will be further consolidation, do you think that will happen? One, and is that in the short run? And second, what is the implication of very few shipping lines? Is this yet another cycle that we've seen, uh, you know, since the past few decades, where we would again have fewer lines and then we'd have new competitors and then the same journey, or this time it is different? Well, uh, uh, as far as the consolidation is concerned, consolidation is going to continue. Mm -hmm. uh, shipping industry is still not out of its doldrums. It is reviving slowly. The world economy, the global trade has not assisted in the last 10 to 12 years. And what has happened is that uh, since 2008, uh, People talk of a shipping revival, that revival really has not happened. And what used to be a benchmark in during the course of 2008 before the economic crisis, today that benchmark is unheard of and is actually becoming unthinkable. Means the freight rates that were prevalent in 2008 prior to the economic depression uh, are not going to happen in the future. So, what does it mean? That the, for the shipping lines, the costs have risen in, on all fronts. The cost of oil has risen, means the fuel costs have risen, staff costs have risen, administrative costs have risen. And despite all the costs rising, the freight rates have not risen to that level. Sure. So, it's not a question of cost plus in our, uh, in our industry at all. We are far from it. In fact, if you look at uh, this industry, this is one of the few industries uh, other than, I mean, I can think of telecom as another one, the airline industry as another one. Shipping industry as well has seen freight rates from the 80s where freight rates used to be above $2,000, $2,400 for a 20-foot container between India and Europe. Today, is at 800-850 levels. Yeah. Now, there is no way that the freight rates are going to go up to the 2000 levels. Sure. So, 
everyone, all shipping lines are clear in their minds that they'll have to work in this new environment. This new environment is going to continue. And uh, we, we don't foresee a situation where freight rates will go up to that level because there is competition. Mm -hmm. Today, capacity is more than demand. Tomorrow, capacity will equal demand. Maybe capacity will be slightly below demand. But even then, the freight rates will not rise to that level because of one inherent issue. The moment the freight rates start rising, mm -hmm. shipping lines bring in new products, bringing more products, order new capacity. Ship owners are like that. That's the way they are. Where they see an opportunity, they will go there. And like any prudent businessman, I mean, shipping, uh, shipping line owners are prudent businessmen as well. So wherever they see an opportunity, they will be there. So what will happen is that the freight rates, which are your revenue, pipeline, the freight rates will not rise to that level because in any trade where freight rates rise to a, a level where a shipping line can sustain itself or may make a good profit, mm -hmm. there will be three other shipping lines which will be ready to enter into that trade rate. Right. What stops it? There are no trade barriers today, sure. entry barriers for a shipping line to enter into a trade lane. So it's free competition, it's market forces that act in our industry. And that's what everyone has to get used to. Mergers, acquisitions will continue. Mm -hmm. Consolidations will continue. Mm -hmm. Joint services will continue. So, if you had say 30 shipping lines or 35 shipping lines in the container industry, I mean global shipping lines, it may come down to say 25, 26. But you still have that 25, 26. A lot of people ask me the question that, you know, what will happen to the smaller shipping lines? So nothing will happen to the smaller shipping lines. So it's not, I mean, if you've seen in the last few years, which are the shipping lines which have actually gone, gone bust? It's the big guys. It's the big guys. The small guys, nothing happened to. They're still operating. Why? Because they operate in niches where they have developed a market share and they've got their products to work with the service that is required for the customer. So, so nobody is going to die. The biggies are not going to sort of kill the small and the small is not going to kill the big. Right. It's, it's competition as usual. It's business as usual. People who are under financial pressure will look at opportunities to join services, to, uh, you know, have takeovers or to merge, consolidate. Right. But other than that, small guys, big guys will continue to be prevalent mm -hmm. and will continue to service the trade. It's, it's going to be business as usual. So, like you mentioned, the entire cycle is going to more or less be similar where even if we have golden days of better rates, it's going to be a matter of time before which you would again have the same cycle of new uh, partners. So, which means the focus is going to always be on the cost and that entire efficiency uh, from what we see as uh, as technology enthusiasts is that there are so many offline touch points uh, for in a shipping line business the entire value chain from at the port at the terminal 
free post booking for pricing uh, there are so many offline uh, touch points that very few see from the outside that could be automated but on the ground level uh, which touch points do you think uh, today and maybe in the future will be possible to automate and is something that lines will invest in definitely because it is worth it well um, a number of lines i mean you you've heard interviews with musk line uh, uh, heads who are talking in terms of blockchain technology they're mm-hmm. talking in terms of uh, having cooperations with the likes of amazon um, right. you know um, in the logistics uh, supply chain uh, as far as shipping lines are concerned the business will continue to provide services and products mm-hmm. the respective sales force the customer client servicing the documentation uh, procedures etc can be automated to a very very high degree okay can be actually digitalized to a very very high degree okay. and uh, that is what is required a lot of shipping lines are already starting to do that can mm-hmm. be seen to do that the more and more automation the better more uh, efficiency is uh, developed cost reduce and there are a number of touch points as far as the trade and the shipping lines are concerned our concern mm-hmm. as shipping lines are the middlemen especially in india i mean i'm not talking globally but especially in india sure. and some or the other it is the middlemen who have no investment so that means they have no permanent stake in the business they're not there for the long term but they're there for the short term and that is a very dangerous trend and this will have to can can be uh, i wouldn't say eliminated completely but eliminated eliminated to a very large extent once portals come in once efficiency comes in in the digital format in the uh, b2b or b2c sure. format in in the shipping uh, industry and i'm just along with that like you mentioned the back office operations for example those are to a high degree possible to automate and should be automated yeah. on the ground level when we are speaking of the vessels getting more efficient uh, what about the ports the terminals the yards the container management what about that uh, entire chain are there is there something transformative possible or we are witnessing some incremental improvements in the new technologies or new concepts which are coming up well technologies as far as uh, automation of terminals mm-hmm. terminal processes uh, port processes etc are already prevalent are prevalent things yeah. like cargo community systems port community systems i call them what you uh, what you will right. well in, these are just portals to make business easy to make business transparent right. and reduce costs is basically to reduce cost now there are two types of reductions in cost that can be achieved one is in the virtual sphere where processes in the soft sphere where processes etc can be automated okay. people can have a digital uh, interlink uh, you know with each other and means the players themselves the ports the terminals the transporters the Uh, container operators the, the cfs operator the rail the road 
I mean, all comes on online, so that their processes are uh, the thing. But then there is a uh, a hardware issue. I mean, in the mm-hmm. sense, uh, the hardware part of it means the trucks, the sure. trains, yeah. the containers, you know, the the trailers and all the rest of it, and that aspect of it. Their efficiency and improvement, technological improvement, is coming about. RFID. Is, is one such technology right. Right. in Navis and you know there are so many more technologies which are uh, uh, coming in mm-hmm. which will actually improve planning okay. will improve right. planning right. and once planning improves your supply chain efficiency starts getting uh, uh, you know actually gets traction right fair sure sure thank you for that uh, we also as uh, stakeholders of the industry strongly feel uh, that uh, the value of relationships in this industry has a very large impact on on pricing to begin with and goes beyond as well now from a shipping lines perspective the the spot rates for example and this is something that uh, is from a forwarder's perspective this is their complaint that uh, shipping lines though we have committed volumes and somebody new has a great relationship without committed volume could also get a good rate so it's all about this non-transparent rate from a forwarder's perspective which is spoiling the market in their perspective the the bigger picture here is relationships could also and to some extent determine margins for shipping lines uh, do you think that is true one and do you think that in the future is going to change in any way uh, one prediction that some have made a very bold one is technology tools are going to automate the creation of spot rates for shipping lines in the next five years where spot rates based on algorithm the customer profile will be identified and they will be given the rate accordingly but not a human doing it do you think that is possible practical worth it uh, would love your thoughts um, let me let me tell you that yes it is possible mm-hmm. but penetration is the key mm-hmm. and to what extent okay. let me let me be very very clear uh, the kind of automation you are talking about mm-hmm. or the kind of uh, process <coughs> that you are talking about which will be digital which gives uh, freight rates from the shipping line directly to a customer who asks for it mm-hmm. it's already there sure it's not tomorrow it's today maybe yesterday as well a number of shipping lines have their own website these websites are being uh, you know uh, developed mm-hmm. and constantly improved right so that e-commerce can actually take place on a shipping lines website means you can track and trace your container you can put a booking for your uh, cargo you can actually plan your um, uh, entire uh, supply chain based on a shipping lines products sure freight rates are uh, can be taken on online mm-hmm. uh, through the website you can actually do the booking you can actually then ship your cargo your uh, cargo tracking your container tracking all that is done delivery points all all that is already there it is there so just one thing that is there but what is there online is for example tariff rates and it is the nobody works on tariffs and which is where the how does a person get an x rate versus y is more or less human determined okay uh, let me tell you one thing yeah. 
there is a long it's going to be a longer gestation for shipping lines mm-hmm. who are used to getting cargo at very low rates but then again also getting cargo on the same ship at much higher rates so that disparity in rates mm-hmm. is what gives the shipping line its profit sure it does yeah so some rates are given for a fill factor there are other rates which actually contribute towards the revenue sure it's not that you fill your ship with 20000 containers all on the same freight rate yeah, if if that was the strategy uh-huh. of a shipping line what you are saying would be 100% penetrated and it would work right and then you have a common uh, uh, sort of freight rate for everybody come one come all please walk in and you know we give you we give right. you a freight rate it doesn't work like that why because ours is a service industry sure a service industry works on perception whose perception not the supplier's perception it is the perception of the client so if the client perceives that a particular brand name i won't start naming brands sure. here so sure. i have a clothing brand or a automobile brand etc yeah. or a watches you take you take watches for instance right okay now you don't get a watch at the same price sure. for the same product you you don't do it so it's a question of perception mm-hmm. now if the client perceives that he can pay 2 dollars more but he wants to ensure number one that there is stability in his supply chain there is some stability in pricing and there is stability in service mm-hmm. he will pay that 2 dollars more sure. he will pay that 100 dollars more he will pay that 2000 2000 dollars more right. and that is what gives the profitability and revenue workability for a shipping line sure if we go constant freight 20000 tus all at x number freight rate mm-hmm. uh, shipping line will have to look at their strategy sure sure you know yeah why because there are once again there are a number of containers which come at a low rate mm-hmm. but then again there is that number of containers which come at a much higher rate right also the disparity of cargo you have general cargo i mean general general cargo right. then you have value sure value added cargo yeah. there are cargos that require a certain uh, protection certain uh, transport uh, handling, handling uh, uh, requirements so for for everything that requires that little more sure in service there is an advantage in freight right hazardous cargo will not be the same freight as uh, normal cargo uh, project cargo will not be the same as uh, the uh, temperature controlled cargo will not be the same as the uh, general cargo right so you have the large bigs volume shippers okay who get a very low rate i mean they they demand a low rate so they get a low rate okay but then you have the 
other masses customers who who say that okay i pay you a little more but what do i want i want reliability mm-hmm. and i want surety that you will retain my rates for a longer period of time right and this is where the the shipping line works on relationships okay. this is where the relationships start the relationships start in the requirement and perception of the client and working with a business partner got it it is secondary that human beings then interface to increase that relationship or maintain that relationship now you can put artificial intelligence into a computer mm-hmm. you can put artificial intelligence to work work for you right right in this field sure that to 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 sift and say that okay is he a loyal customer or is he not a loyal customer now how will you put an artificial intelligence it's the human there being. are ways for sure yeah okay i mean it will come you are right you're it right. will come Correct. but that will will require a longer gestation right. time i mean it's not going to happen to sure although artificial intelligence is there today yeah. you know but the interaction between the shipping line and its customer mm-hmm. is not robotic it's never going to become robotic okay so there is a limitation of how much play that artificial intelligence can do right and both the client mm-hmm. and the shipping line may or may not be comfortable with artificial intelligence between their relationship right yeah, that is prevalent here without a doubt <laughs> so so i hope i am yeah, answering fair. the question but look at it this way mm-hmm. where the shipping line business differs from the airline business the airline business predominantly has been a passenger business has been a human business where what do you carry you carry human beings our business we carry cargo so for a human beings business you can actually give one rate like you give on a freight train uh, you know or a road bus or something one one freight to all okay right and move on with that in in the cargo system it doesn't work so one freight rate is a dream sure and frankly i don't see shipping lines wanting to sacrifice that little extra 2 dollars or 1 dollar or 50 cents or whatever they get for that cargo which comes slightly above the lowest rates they will never sacrifice it. that is the cream right and to get more of that cream on 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 your ship is where the talent of your staff and your management comes in to get that extra 1 dollar 1 dollar on a million tus is a million dollars sure yeah yeah fair uh, i mean there that was a whole different uh, angle to how we've been thinking but uh, but yeah very very fair points uh, also coming to like you said an extension like of the middleman that you would not want in the long run Uh, a lot of marketplaces uh, which are connecting freight forwarders with customers or connecting or making the process between shipping lines and forwarders more efficient or just shipping lines and customers directly uh, 
a lot of marketplaces have an expectation that if shipping lines beyond pricing can also take over, just like the Amazons of the world, where we are connecting the seller and buyer, but the execution needs to be done by the seller. Both shipping lines in the future also take over the booking process, whether it's an intra or non-intra, and uh, the processes beyond uh, where they use a marketplace only for sales generation, or because the processes are so well set with the integrations with intras of the world, uh, that is not going to be changeable immediately. And it's the marketplace uh, which needs to figure that out, uh, along with getting the sales. Uh, so, just your thoughts on how much of the entire uh, entire journey of that uh, one shipment will the shipping line take over responsibility of, uh, which are the offline processes, uh, booking and pricing and so on. Uh, look, uh, as far as the bigger shipping lines are concerned, I mm-hmm. mean. The, large global shipping lines are concerned. For them, it is a backward integration to try and provide a door-to-door okay, to, to their shipments and right. their customers' right. uh, shipments. To create supply chain solutions, etc. I mean, most of the big, uh, big 10, 12, 15 have actually embarked upon this. Mm-hmm. But it has been selective. And it may not be on a very, very massive scale, but slowly, steadily, it is coming there. It's, right. yep. it's getting there. Right. It's going to be a norm in the future. Sure. Uh, whether they do it on their own or whether they do it through a third party or through a vendor, etc., to provide the supply chain solutions, that is something which each business model will have its own differentiation. Uh, now, middlemen, I mean, you know, or, uh, let's not call it middlemen, let's call it experts. Sure. <laughs> okay, L- let's, let's name the people as experts in the field. Mm-hmm. When do you need an expert in the field? You need an expert when you perceive that there will be a value that the expert will give you in your business, right. in your logistics supply chain or your logistics business or your transportation business. Mm-hmm. So if the client feels that there is a value, then sure enough use an expert. But before the client uses an expert, it is predominantly the responsibility of the client to do his due diligence as to whom he will select as an expert. That is where most of the people go wrong, especially in countries like India, because there is no standardization. There are laws, but the implementation of those laws may or may not be to the satisfaction that you 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 want. Okay, the laws themselves in in getting the result may delay to such an extent that it's not worth taking the course of law in certain cases. Yeah. Okay. So more the responsibility on the client, on the exporter or the importer, mm-hmm. right? To actually do their due diligence, number one, whether they need an expert or two, 
they don't. Sure. Or that they can deal with the shipping line directly or the transporter directly or they can create a supply chain of the, uh, where they will have vendors who are long term contracted who they have done due diligence on and can work with those vendors for the entire supply chain. Right. Where do these experts come in? They go and tell the smaller guys, the guys who are not in the field, who have little knowledge of the whole transportation chain or the supply chain and tell them that, okay, I will save you X number of dollars. Now, whether that person actually saves him X number of dollars or not, their system, they're so small that, I mean, by the time they do their homework, it is too late. Probably two shipments must have already gone and they're, you know, right. they're going to lose some money there. The other problem that we have in India is these experts are not regulated. They're not regulated, so there is no standard. There is no proficiency standard. Can you imagine that to put cargo into your container is a specialized job. Okay? How many people actually use a specialist? What do they do? They get hold of a person, get any laborer on the street, tell him to put cargo into the container. Do they actually plan it? Do they plan the store? Is there a person who can help them? Or even you you take uh, uh, computer modules. There are there are so many uh, uh, modules and systems available where you can actually plan the cargo your cargo into a container. Mm-hmm. How many exporters use it? Very few. It's a useless cost, is how they see it, right? They they <laughs> see it as a cost. Yeah. You know, but if in a twenty foot container you get those three cartons extra. Mm-hmm. You know, by stuffing it in a in a right. proper way, in a calculated manner, right? You save the freight on those three cartons. Right. I mean, you, you imagine the saving yeah. in in long term. Right. Now, if you don't want the saving and you feel that it is a cost, well, these these modules are available at very low cost. Or why even take a module? I mean, buy a book. <laughs> it will give you. I'm just giving you an correct, example here. Correct, correct. So again, the due diligence has to be done by the customer, <coughs> and most of the time, our exporters do not carry out due diligence and just leave it on faith, on faith, on good faith. Yeah. That's where they go wrong. In fact, also the talent that we speak of, most exporters and importers consider logistics to be just a 2% cost. They don't want to get involved and they would have a few hundred containers a month uh, would have folks who are not experts in their team who are handling the head of logistics and it's about the proficiency there as well. And you see, you see in most of the companies, who is the logistics head? They don't have professional logistics head. They, they give it to an accounts department, <laughs> you know, or a purchase department or a, uh, admin department. I've seen exporters who, who actually perform logistics, the task of actual logistics 
so from their side is performed by their administration department who reports to the financial head yeah is unbelievable so yeah, the, i i think our exporters our business houses need to evolve as far as logistics is concerned choice of logistics uh, vendors and the due diligence that they, they do right shipping lines welcome a one to one interaction directly with the client we welcome that right sure and that is where we ask our sales teams and customer service teams client client service team to actually build relationships with the client right. that you come to us mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you have only one container in 6 months mm-hmm. but come to us we will give you a rate free trade which will be conducive to your business and we will handle the cargo the way you want us to handle it the simple as that yeah yeah and probably as an industry it might make sense to work and create case studies on examples of how smes of india like you said three extra cartons they have few hundred cartons going every week that led to a saving of just unbelievably yeah. 10 lakh rupees a year which is salary yeah. so the the point is probably those examples being mass published in the sme chamber of india and all these associations yes. might be an industry initiative mm-hmm. that yes. might help yes. but yeah sure i mean great great uh, ideas and dots that connected there uh, for our listeners who are also logistics uh, professionals and many of them rising entrepreneurs uh, in the supply chain uh, space which pain areas like you identified exports are are one uh, non value adding exports are one pain area which are the pain areas are prioritized by the shipping industry globally which are being tackled at a strategic level and which are the ones that msc specifically uh, if you are comfortable to share uh, at a macro level are pain areas that are being worked on solving uh, in maybe in different countries but eventually will go global well um, i do not wish to be a spokesman for msc because uh, sure sure i am not supposed to okay. you know but in general i am talking of yeah uh, very general and all these uh, statements that i am making are my personal statements and i i am not making it on sure, sure. behalf of my company so right. i will i will make that very clear uh pain areas where do i see the pain areas i feel see i see the pain areas mm-hmm. number one in the skill sets of the persons who are in this field okay the skill sets of the persons it, it's not the entrepreneur i mean the entrepreneur has to have a different set of skill sets but a logistics practitioner Okay. or a supply chain provider the practitioners their skill sets mm-hmm. have to be honed and improved and i feel that there is a huge um, advantage for doing this and this is something that we haven't achieved to the level that we would like to achieve i mean we've not achieved the skill sets in our logistics practitioners 
to a global level. Let's put it on this. Okay. Sure, sure, fair. Uh, and uh, there is, uh, for example, you mentioned that there are components of the whole door to door solution where uh, lines might outsource, work with partners, do it in house, do a combination. Uh, from the customer standpoint, what is the dream customer experience that an exporter or an importer might be able to experience with the shipping line in the future? Today, they know that uh, there's a website, you put a container number, you get a table of where it is. Uh, for example, there's no real time tracking. Uh, is how we, when we speak to exporters, they say that you know, plane dikta, tuni dikta. So, so there is a dream customer experience that we compare with the Amazons of the world. Which in the forwarding industry lacks uh, is is not comparable. Lines would are in that direction. But what do you feel would be an extraordinary dream experience uh, of the future that probably everyone in the industry is working towards? Uh, you from the shipping lines point of view, or yeah. the entire industry? Itself? From the shipping lines. From the shipping lines point of view, what we are uh, looking at is to to go to the client and tell him that okay, you give us your cargo. Right. You tell us where you want it. You tell us when you want it. We'll get it there for you. Got it. At the right price. Yeah. <laughs> sure. At a price. Right. Which can be worked out mutually. Sure. And beneficial mutually both to right. the uh, client as well as to the service provider or shipping line. And like I opened right in the beginning, that the shipping line rates are the ones, we are one of the few industries where the rates have been consistently coming down due to innovation, due to technological advancements, due to the type of uh, products that we are uh, uh, actually uh, rolling out, Right. Uh, shipping lines are rolling out, due to the... Uh, uh, you know, uh, basic planning of of ships with a larger uh, capacity on on trade routes mm-hmm. means they were able to carry more containers, so your average slot cost comes down. So with your slot cost uh, cost coming down, you can offer a more competitive pricing to right. your customer. Right. Well, that's the way to go. Right. Sure. And of course, joint services, mm-hmm. uh, consortiums. You know, uh, vessel sharing agreements between shipping lines, where a line does not have to put in, say, seven ships or eight ships. I mean, each ship being of 60 million to 100 million dollars, yeah. you know, cost price. To put eight ships into one, one service, you can put three right. with two partners or maybe sure. one partner right. and actually start a service. Sure. So your hardware cost comes down. Fair, sure. Uh, so, like you said, in, in a nutshell, you mentioned that it will be the right service, X to Y delivered beautifully with uh, no no service failure. Right. Yeah, no service failure and information, right. real-time information to the customer mm-hmm. on where his cargo is. Sure. It's coming. Yeah, yeah, and uh, many tools do it, but it's broken, but now I'm sure it's, it's going to be one integrated system. It's coming. Uh, 3D printing is something that the world went gaga over. Uh, it will change manufacturing and hence it will change shipping. Hyperloop is 
what uh, everyone's speaking about today. That it will, it's going to change transportation speeds and hence it's in chain shipping. Everything's theory right now. Uh, 3D printing did not become the way so it was supposed to. Hyperloop is still a concept years away from being executed even in a small use case. Uh, which technologies do you feel are potentially, of course one is theory, one seems to be practical. Which practical technology enhancements uh, or transformations uh, do you feel might really impact uh, shipping globally negatively? 3D printing for example is something that has a direct theoretical impact negatively. Uh, which ones is, uh, are you tracking? Well, as far as uh, shipping is concerned, I mean, frankly, 3D print, printing, we, we 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 didn't think of it as a as a you know as a challenge to our business or being disruptive to our business, uh, mainly because it's in its very nascent stages. Right. It's very expensive technology. Mm-hmm. And till such time, it doesn't become a household word where everyone can use it at a very, very cheap cost. It's like your yeah. telecommunications. 3D printing will remain a dream. I mean, yeah. in, in, as far as being a challenge to sure. shipping. Sure. How I see the future is when you talk to speed, you see, uh, shipping has been slow. We are talking in terms of 26 knots speed, 28 knots up to 30 knots speed. Knot means vertical miles per hour. There is a conversion factor if you want to put it in kilometers per hour, etc. But um, the point is, there will continue to be businesses which do, which can sacrifice speed with price because let me tell you one thing with speed Mm -hmm. comes a cost so there will be certain commodities which will continue to move by sea like say for instance crude oil Mm -hmm. crude oil is not a commodity which requires speed. The crude oil is more like a pipeline. But then shipping is a virtual pipeline. So there are other commodities like that. Mm -hmm. So what requires speed is probably an organ that you are taking from one place to another. I am just giving a silly example. You know, that requires speed. Sure. But that requires, uh, I mean, you have to pay the price as well. Right. So, when you're looking at slow and fast and hyper-fast, hyper-fast is very expensive. So, there will be commodities which require that hyper-fast. Right. But there will still continue to be a large number of commodities which will be traded at a slower pace but on a pipeline systematic system. Right. You know, on a pipeline sure, system. Sure. Yeah. That you create that pipeline and you keep letting the cargo flow through in a planned manner that it reaches the shelves for that particular fashion. Uh, you know, whether it's an autumn range or whether it's a winter range or the Christmas range or 
the summer collection or the spring collection etc you plan it mm-hmm. right you can still save cost because at the end of the day it's a question of savings sure why in savings because that gives the manufacturer or the exporter that extra few dollars that he can put into his profit kitty so so at the end of the day it will be economics right now whether that is economics of scale or whether it's a economics of speed mm-hmm. right economics will rule and that will be the choice of the customer yeah great point about so many commodities like you mentioned and many commoditized products as well might not you benefit create a pipeline yeah right yeah where there is systematic delivery you see look at the end point yeah. end point is a fashion product sure now why do you need speed you need speed because there is inefficiency at the manufacturing end mm-hmm. that is the reason why you need speed otherwise you don't need speed spring comes every year autumn comes every year winter comes every year yeah. summer comes every year so when you plan your fashions for a particular season i don't see speed you don't need speed you know that in 2020 there is going to be a summer you can plan today in 2018 so speed is the least of the problems here economics so economics of speed actually mm-hmm. will rule not speed per se got it so even from a technology disruption standpoint the ones which will come in the future primarily will have to make uh, a radical difference in the cost uh, as well along Absolutely. with whatever value right otherwise it makes no impact makes on no shipping impact. fair one last uh, uh, question uh, and this is for our listeners all the aspiring and current logistics professionals what would you advise now shipping and logistics is changing at an unprecedented pace uh, and uh, it's very important for us to not have debates around how the existing skill sets are not tomorrow skill sets the way we are seeing so many industries where jobs might be redundant and we don't have the skill sets uh and there could be a mass unemployment anyway prediction so for the logistics industries nothing so disruptive yet but your advice uh, to everyone well my advice in the logistics industry is innovation mm-hmm. innovation to create economies for the client sure that is should be the number one mantra as far for the logist uh, logistics industry and innovation innovation is very important because our industry does not have like in the pharmaceutical industry i'm just giving a parallel example mm-hmm. they have very large research facilities and funding for research right imperative in our industry there is no research so how do we how do we improve how do we get efficiencies is through innovation Sure. So focus on innovating beyond day to day. Even if they're stuck, keep uh, <laughs> late evenings free for some idle time. Yeah. <laughs> big, big thank you again for your thoughts. Thank a you lot very of much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
and uh, it's our pleasure to have you thank and you. thank you from all of us and thank you for giving me an opportunity for sharing my my thoughts with you and uh, i hope it's been uh, i hope you've taken a little value out it has a lot a number of uh, years of experience in this field thank you very yes. much thank you for tuning in to cargoholic we look forward to your suggestions on our social platforms and on cargoholic@varmaship.com any suggestions or feedbacks related to the guests we should invite or the type of content we should speak about are more than welcome and we look forward to connecting with you all offline and stay tuned on the next episode of cargoholic which we will announce very soon and a big thank you again for tuning in